This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Silver and black today to the ground game. Touchdown, Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get, get it, it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back. It is time for Silver and Black today. Welcome back here to our Odyssey Original Podcast. Covering your Las Vegas Raiders. You're also listening to us with your dainty little ears on 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas or 1140 The Bet. For those of you listening to us over the air, we appreciate you being here. Do us a favor, whether you're on the podcast right now or on the radio listening, just subscribe to the podcast. That way, every time we have a new episode, including those special podcasts, when news breaks, when maybe a player's traded or a player's signed, we jump on, we do a show Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Just look for Silver and Black today. Also hit up the subscription and the notifications bell on YouTube to our viewers. Uh, and I bring in my partner, my broadcast partner, uh, and that is Mo Moten. Mo is the national NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. Yes, he covers the whole league. He doesn't just watch Raiders game and pretend that he knows all about the league. He actually watches and writes about the entire league, but he also... Up on sportsnot.com, uh, covers the Raiders and has a column up there and does a great work. So make sure you do that. Follow him on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. You can also catch my work uh, this week, which we'll get to in a second, on sportsnot.com as well. All right, Mo, here we are. We had yesterday, well, late Tuesday into Wednesday, I guess, um, uh, we had the Raiders gave permission for Derek Carr to go visit the New Orleans Saints. So the idea of trading Derek Carr before next Tuesday, Wednesday, excuse me, it's Wednesday, um, is is out there now because they gave permission. Let's talk uh, fans listening to us through this because 
he has to waive his trade no trade clause in order for this to happen. The visit doesn't mean a deal is going to happen. They have to agree to compensation before he goes down there. Doesn't really matter. Nobody's held to it. They're not signing contracts or anything like that. Walk everybody through what, in your view, this means for the Raiders, for Derek Carr, and the possibility that they may able be able to actually get some compensation for their quarterback that they've already jettisoned. First of all, I'll say that this visit with the Saints on mm-hmm. Wednesday increases the probability of a trade. Will mm-hmm. a trade happen? We'll see. But I think it's it's there's a, high, there's a higher chance of it happening after this visit simply because if the Saints, if other teams feel that the Saints are serious about acquiring Derek Carr from the Raiders, then other quarterback-needy teams that were planning on waiting for Derek Carr to hit free agency may now jump up and say, we should at least schedule a visit with Derek Carr and sit down with him mm-hmm. and get in his ear because if Derek Carr goes to the Saints and when he did on Wednesday and he liked their sales pitch and he's thinking, okay, I can fit in here with New Orleans and win some games, go to the playoffs in a division without a, a really good quarterback. Then as another team like the Jets, if you're the Jets, you want to get in Derek Carr's ear and say, hey, we have a better situation over here. I know we're in the division with the Bills and the Dolphins who made the playoffs, but we're in a much better situation. So I think it's it's prudent for another team to at least get Derek Carr in for a scheduled meeting. Now, that's great for the Raiders because that can mean that you can drive up the price a little bit because you need two teams. You need at least two teams to have a bidding competition. If it's just one team involved and only one team only, then you have to kind of acquiesce to what their parameters are. But if there are more than one team, if there's more than one team in on Derek Carr for a trade, then you could say, well, this team is giving us a third, but this team is going to give us a second round pick. And you can <laughs> kind of use the media to, to kind of manipulate what the trade buzz is. But to just to just to recap on the basics of what this meeting means for the Saints and the Raiders and Derek Carr, it because I, I know there was a lot of talk about this on Twitter. Yep. You know, fans and beat writers are going back and forth about what this exactly means. And I had a tweet <laughs> that basically summarized what Ian Rapport said. And based on what we know, the Raiders weren't going to give Derek Carr permission to meet with the team unless unless there was a there were parameters in place on a trade deal. So what that means is the Saints and Raiders had loose talks about what the what the Saints are willing to give up and what the Raiders are willing to take in a in a possible trade deal. And the Raiders apparently liked what the Saints were saying. So they allowed Derek Carr permission to go visit with the Saints and talk to Team Brass, Dennis Allen, the GM, whoever over there to say, okay, if he's willing to waive his no trade clause, then the Saints and Raiders can come together and say, okay, then they'll hammer out the hardcore details of what a trade would look like. Again, it doesn't mean that a trade is going to happen. It's just that the Saints are serious contenders for Derek Carr in a trade deal. And it was interesting, all of the chatter coming up to this, that we, we uh, during the Pro Bowl weekend, there was nothing about a possible visit for Derek Carr. In fact, it was like, hey, well, he could be cut. You know, that's where it's d- the direction it seems to be going. And then we heard some rumors about that, no, that they won't give him permission to talk to other teams. That was a big headline. And then all of a sudden, on Tuesday, we see some beat writers well, we saw the the, the the rap report tweet go out and say that, no, they have gotten permission and uh, he's going to visit them. And then we had beat reporters deny it and say, no, that's not right. 
it's wrong. So we had the beat writer spat too, which was really interesting. And, and, uh, and even Vinny Bonsignor, a good friend at the, the Review Journal said, no, he's got permission. He's going. And sure enough, that's how it ended up. But I think too here, the, 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 the rumor is it's a third round pick. And then we heard also on Wednesday that, that there was no other interest. Now that's as of Wednesday, as we roll into Thursday morning, who knows what happens, right? Because he makes the visit. And if it sounds like it went good, uh, GMs and, and the Raiders might be concurrently talking to teams, right? So they, it sometimes will take time because they have to arrive at at least a loosely based deal to say, okay, you can talk to them, but what are you, what are you willing to trade us? Well, we're willing to trade you a three and a five, whatever the right thing is. And then right. he can go visit. So, so we'll see in the next few days, because they have only till next Wednesday, uh, and and the NFL world will be in Phoenix for the Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens, Mo. But the ups and downs of this deal, I want to go through this and get your comments because Raider fans have to understand too, because I still think, and I know you said at the top of the show that, look, they have a deal and that you think it's more probable. I think it is, obviously, because they had a visit. But the Raiders will be taking on a massive risk if they trade him. And let me explain. And that is... Because the NFL New Year doesn't start until March 17th, what happens is they agree in principle to a trade. You can't file the paperwork, so to speak. It's like buying a house and saying, hey, here's what I'm going to pay you. I got a loan ready to go, but we can't close on the house. We can't close the deal until March 17th. The day before that, that filing of those papers, the, the, the Saints could walk away because the Raiders would have already had to exercise their option on Derek Carr to lock in his contract. And if the Raider, if the, excuse me, if the Saints walked away, Mo, the Raiders are on the hook for the entirety of Derek Carr's remaining contract, and there's no repercussions for the Saints. I don't think people realize that. I don't think people uh, talk about that a lot either. The reason I haven't brought it up is because if the Saints were to do that, you got to understand that teams and GMs don't forget. That's true. Exactly. like that. Right. If you if you renege on your agreement to acquire Derek Carr and stick the Raiders with a forty point four million dollar deal, other teams are going to remember that you did that, and they're not. That may hamper your ability to make trades in the future in similar situations. So, even if the Saints were to have cold feet about Derek Carr for whatever reason, it would be risky for them as well to do that because for the future, they may have problems coming to agreements with other teams on a handshake deal. So you don't want to renege on certain deals because you could hurt your future like that. That's correct. But let's just say for the point of argument, remember, we're here in this position because the Raiders sat Derek Carr for the last two weeks. They said, basically, we're moving on. And the reason they sat him was what? It was because they did not want him to get injured. Because if they got if he got injured, they'd also be on the hook for the contract. Now, Saints make the deal, and let's say they're not shady people, which we'll assume, and Derek Carr is out riding an ATV and breaks his leg. And boy, that happens. The Raiders again. On the, the Raiders, for a month, if they consummate the trade in the next week, the Raiders would be on the hook for the next month for anything that happens to Derek Carr if they agree on a trade in principle. That's true. I don't see Derek Carr as an ATV type of the guy, but <laughs> let's say he's on a bike riding to his uh, – to do, you know, to to go to to deliver a sermon or whatever. Let's say he's on yeah. a bicycle. He falls right. off his bike. Hurts, right. bangs up his knee. That that would be the only situation where I could see where the Saints would be like, well, that's not on us. Yeah, we agreed to the trade. Derek Carr gets hurt. We don't want a quarterback with a torn ACL or torn MCL or whatever, mm -hmm. and they back out. Then I think other teams would understand why, because there's yeah. a reason. 
other than Derek Carr is completely healthy and they just back out the last minute. Right. That that reeks of shadiness. But if there's a reason, of course, if Derek yeah. Carr gets hurt, of course, then yes, you would understand why the Saints would back out of the deal. And 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 the last thing we'll say about this because we really that we could, we're not going to talk ad nauseum about it because we're just going to wait and see what happens. And and I think to your point, Mo, are are or I should say, is another team going to jump in? Are other suitors now that he's visited the Saints and it's gotten you know the crap's gotten real? Does that mean these teams who need a quarterback like the Jets, like the Carolina Panthers, if they don't want to go with a young quarterback, for example? Do they then start talking to Derek Carr over the next few days? We'll find out today, tomorrow, and over the weekend during the Super Bowl, I'm sure, as things uh, progress on that one. On the, Go ahead. A couple of points about that. And I've, yeah. and I've read reports about this, okay? The Jets have Derek Carr on their target list of quarterbacks. <laughs> I've read this from multiple reputable beat writers and reporters. That they have Aaron Rodgers on their list. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. It's Derek Carr. If Aaron Rodgers comes back from his darkness retreat and decides he wants to continue his career with the Packers and the Packers want to keep him and you don't make a move for Derek Carr, if you're the Jets, then you're banking on Jimmy Garoppolo and you're going to have to compete with several other teams for Jimmy Garoppolo's services. So if Mm -hmm. I'm the Jets, like I said, I would at least schedule uh, a meeting with Derek Carr just to have just to get in his ear because you don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. You don't want to put all your eggs in that basket because you don't the Packers still have some leverage and it can wind up keeping him. He could wind up not wanting to play for the Jets. Aaron Rodgers may say, yeah, I'll, I'll part ways with the Packers, but I don't want to go to New York. Right. I don't want to play with a young pass catching group like I had in Green Bay. I want a more experienced pass catching group like the Raiders have. So the Jets would be running a risk if they don't at least, in my opinion, talk to Derek Carr. And the same goes for any other team, again, that's waiting for Derek Carr to hit for agency because if the Saints decide he's their guy, it's over. And, and the other thing I have to add that with it, the thought of Aaron Rodgers going to New York, there is not enough room on the island of Manhattan. I know the stadium's across the river, but for Aaron Rodgers and Midtown Mo, there's just not enough room. <laughs> there's not enough room. The, I mean, the you, funny- you you have taken over all every borough. Every borough is now Midtown Mo's territory. The funny thing I want to say about that really quick is. <laughs> I know everyone's getting at Aaron Rodgers for his darkness retreat and making fun of him for that. I, yeah. I would actually do something like that where I just no social media, no interactions with anyone. I just disappear yeah. into, into a log cabin for four days and emerge a more cleansed version of Midtown Mo, a more clear mind. And I, I, I understand what Aaron Rodgers is doing here, but because True. he's done so many other what they would call weird things, he's going <laughs> to he's going to be made fun of for his four day retreat. Yes, and 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 I, I I completely agree with that because there there are retreats that that I've actually been invited on where you go and you spend it by yourself right. in a room. In my case, it's at a monastery, right? So you're just in a quiet, austere room, and it's good. You you're just with your thoughts. There's no distractions. I don't blame them. The concern I have, I'm not making fun of them for it. My concern with the dark retreat is. If you're a team, and I know there's still a lot of Raider fans out there because they're tweeting at me all day long that want Aaron Rodgers, but you're going to have to go through this every offseason. If you sign him to a three-year deal, let's say, let's say he comes over, he restructures. I forgot how many deals. I think he might have three years left on his deal. So so he comes in, and then every offseason, as we heard from Pete Doherty from Green Bay in the last show, you're going to have to deal with, is he coming back? Like you saw with Brady, it was the same kind of thing. He's at that age and level now. You just don't know. 
and and he could go on a dark retreat and and be with himself and say, you know what, I don't want football anymore. And then the Raiders are like, oh crap, we just signed, we just traded for you, we gave up draft capital. So that's why I wrote the piece on Sports Not about going all in on C.J. Stroud. I want to thank Dan Orlovsky for backing me up on that, like eight nine hours later on ESPN as he was in there. And so uh, it'll be interesting. I just think again that the Aaron Rodgers talk, it seems to be quieting down now because he's going off into the wilderness and um, we'll see what happens, but, but there's going to be, I think some disappointed fans either way, either you want the young guy or you want Aaron Rodgers, and somebody's going to lose out there. I actually start, I'm starting to believe that the Packers are going to run it back with Aaron Rodgers simply mm-hmm. because they exercise the fifth year option on Jordan Love. They're going to have that fifth year. So you can get one more year out of Aaron Rodgers and then turn it over to Jordan Love in the following season. I know that doesn't make headlines and get clicks or anything, but I'm mm-hmm. actually starting to believe that Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and the Packers are going to run it back for at least one more year together. And the Raiders are going to have to look for either Jimmy Garoppolo or a rookie quarterback. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm on track with you there. I believe it. I think they got to go young anyway. Uh, and we'll see how that all ends up. Okay, we're going to take our first break here on Silver and Black today. When we come back, we're going to get into some more, I think, myths out there amongst fans and even some journalists. Like, the Raiders have to build their defense. That's why everything's got to go to the defense. Yes, the defense has to be rebuilt, improved in every possible way. But guess what, folks? There can be two truths, and they can be pursued at the same time. So Mo and I are going to talk about that when we come back here on another thrilling enthralling version of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders, right? We're here talking Raider football. Don't tell me you're not listening as much because it's the off season. That's not what the numbers say. So make sure you are subscribing to the podcast. If you don't subscribe, do it now, wherever you get your podcast. If your friends don't subscribe and they are members of Raider Nation, they got the card carrying license living in Raider Nation. Don't let them. I mean, we're, we're discovering all these new listeners now, Mo. I see it every day on the YouTube channel, in Twitter, and people are like, hey, I just found this podcast. It's awesome. Or, hey, I just found this podcast and I hate those guys, so I'm going to troll them. That's great, too. We don't mind as long as you're listening. I'm okay with it if you don't like us. Just listen. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get the show, uh, as we do appreciate that as well. And a hearty hello to the folks in the YouTube chat, always lighting it up and having, I would say, spirited, but 
respectful arguments. We don't get too many crazy people in our chat on the YouTube channel. They actually go back and forth at each other's throats in a nice way. So so we appreciate that. So shout also, out. Also, shout out to Will Upton on Twitter. Will, yes. Uh, yes, he tweets us a lot. And I liked his comment on Wednesday when he said it's, our show is very low, is low drama. Love and that. I say that, I wanted to point that out simply because some, sometimes, and what I, I'm not going to call it names of podcasts, but <laughs> some people like to stir <laughs> drama just, just to get listens on their podcast, and yeah. then they wind up getting suffused with other podcasts. And I just feel like it's it's counterproductive and it's silly. It's a lot of high yeah. school stuff. And I and like I said, some people will say, some people like the drama, and that's fine. You like the drama, beefing between reporters and YouTubers and podcasters, That's that's fine. That's what you like. <laughs> but we're we're just not about drama. We're just no. about football, and we of course we have a little fun. But we're not gonna come at if you're tuning into the show because you think we're gonna talk about something that another podcast or reporter or or content creator did that we can rail on. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, no, we just don't do that because we're professional. By the way, Mo, did you hear the rumor about no? <laughs> um, I'm I'm absolutely kidding, but no, that that's what we do. We do our show. We we listen. I would say, and again, I'm not saying we deserve it, but we are on a big national uh, radio station, a radio company's network, Odyssey. It's big. If you're not familiar where you're at, Odyssey is a massively they own radio stations all over the country, huge, and we are number three in their NFL network uh, as far as the number of downloads. So we're very proud to be here. But I I would be very comfortable. And I think when you look at our show, you could slap our show on local TV anywhere and it would be fine. We don't curse. I don't have any problem with people cursing. I'm just saying on this show, we don't do it. We keep it family friendly. Every once in a while, I'll slip up here and there, but not too often. Um, but that's the kind of show we do. We do it level-headed, not drama. We do get fired up occasionally about stuff, but but it's always level-headed. And, and I'm not always right, and neither is Mo. Mo's probably more right than I am. But nonetheless, it's okay. It's okay, and and so I appreciate that, and I appreciate Will's comment because to me that's like one of those ultimate comments when people say, "Hey, look, no drama." That means they listen in, they hear good conversation, and then they go away. They feel like they've had something additive to their life versus saying, "Wow, I just listened to 15 minutes about a guy talking about another guy's wife or another guy DMing <laughs> somebody about panties or something." I, hey, look, I don't care. Whoa. I don't care. I don't care. Whoa. Like it doesn't matter. I think, and all that stuff. You know, drama. Save it for your mom, right? That's what they say. We, they let's say. put it this way. I, like I said, I'm not going to dive into we, your comments there, but we we're not studio gangsters. We we handle our beasts off camera. We don't do that on camera. <laughs> yes, Mo berates me after every show. He just starts yelling at me. It makes me really sad. No, okay, all right. So there we go. Of course, we're joking. But anyway, yeah, I don't even know. I hear these things. I don't even know who they're about. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I, I don't even ask because I don't even want to know. Who cares? Like, just do your thing. So that's a go. Um, all right. So we're going to dive in now. But but part of these myths is this whole idea that you can't make progress. Look, the Raiders defense is not going from 27th in the NFL to number four in one year. It's not going to happen. All right. Now, I'm not saying it can't get much better. I'm just saying it's not going to go from bottom five to top five in one year. So we know they have to work on their defense. I'm inundated with people telling me that I should stop talking about the Raiders and the quarterback situation because they really just need to build their defense. And Mo, you are, you constantly, I shouldn't say constantly, you regularly 
correct people when they have nice conversations with you on Twitter, and I'm watching, that uh, they'll say one thing as an absolute, you know, one thing has to be done at the expense of the other, and you remind them, no, you can actually, two things can be true. You can build your defense, go out and improve it vastly, greatly, I should say, and you can also address the quarterback position for the future with a young quarterback, or if you decide to go the veteran route, get a veteran uh, QB and then also draft a younger one to bring along. Why is it that people f feel like you can only do one thing at a time? I think it's the focus. I think, and again, we're on Twitter a lot where there are only 280 characters if you don't use a thread. So people just kind of focus on what's the most important thing. The funny thing is this offseason, I think, finding a quarterback and improving the defense are equally important for the Raiders because now they don't have a, a clear-cut starter and their defense, I believe, was ranked 26 in scoring this past season. So yeah. they have a lot of work to do in both areas. But when, as I've said this, and I've said, I think I tweeted this on Wednesday, a lot, I think I said it to just Win Wendy, shout out to her, by the way. <laughs> I said it to her. It was on Twitter, on social media, it's a lot of this or that. So yeah. if you like this, you can't like that. We're getting into draft season, and I'm sure there's going to be times I get on Twitter where I say, I like Prospect X. And someone will jump in and say, well, you don't like Prospect Y? Why not? And I'm like, I didn't say I didn't like the other Prospect. I just said I like this Prospect. So this is what I mean about this or that. It's like you can't like one. If you like one thing, you have to hate the other. If yes. one thing is true, the other thing has to be false. And you see a lot of that on Twitter, and it's just it, it's it's just poor discussion, poor argument, poor debate skills. I don't know what it is. But when you get into the conversation about, okay, the Raiders need to find a quarterback, and someone says, no, they need to build a defense. They need to do both. They need to find <laughs> need a quarterback, and they need to yes. build the defense, not one or the other. Well, and I think what, what I see a lot of, Mo, in, in recent days is, no, go get a veteran quarterback because we need to use all our draft picks on the defense. Okay, so let's stick with that point of logic. And I'm not making fun of people here. I'm just trying to, to, to show the other side, and that is, couldn't you also address the defense with some draft picks and some free agents and then also use a draft pick on a quarterback? Mm, huh? I don't know. I think so. So to your point, look, you can you can address both. They have to address both. Again, yes, you have to have most Super Bowl teams have had a top 10 defense when they've won the Super Bowl. No question. So that has to be your goal. OK, but guess what? If there's nobody to run the offense, you're not going to win anything either. So so. The, the and, it's not the or, it's the and. A quarterback and lots of defense. That's what the discussion should be. And I think the key here, we talk about draft picks. You need to balance draft picks on offense and defense for what we've talked about for weeks here, Mo, and that is building a sustained winner in the NFL today requires you to have as many young players on rookie contracts as you possibly can. Then you pepper in free agents in spots that you have holes and voila, okay? You have to hit on draft picks more and more than, than, than in the past. We saw the Chiefs. The Chiefs have six, six draft picks from last year starting in the Super Bowl, okay? Or playing in the Super Bowl at the very least. I think four of them start. So, so you have to nail both things. But to me, people are getting very focused on, and I get it because of the time that the, the Raiders haven't won a playoff game, they want to win now. Great, I get it. You're a fan. Of course you want your team to win now. But 
do you want to go to the playoffs for the next two years and maybe win one game or not win any, and then you're back to being three and 14? Or do you want to build a team that's going to actually sustain itself and contend in the AFC West and in the AFC for years to come? I remember hearing this uh, kind of assessment of a GM and a head coach in the NFL. I'm not saying this is the case in, with every team. But a lot of times head coaches have short-term objectives as the priority. So like fans, they want they want to improve the team now. Let's go get this player in free agency. Let's go get this. Let's sign this player. Let's trade for this player. GMs have to have a long-term outlook where they say, how can we build a sustainable winner? How can we sustain it? If we're going to be good next year, how can we be good for the next three to five years? And I think you have to mesh the two ideals and say, okay, let's get some free, as you said, let's get some free agents who can help us right now. Let's get some rookies at the top of the draft that can help us right now in the first, second round. But let's also make sure we don't overspend so we don't hamper ourselves and we can build for the future. And I think you have to find that middle ground. That's what the Raiders have been trying to do for the past, I don't know, 20, 25 years. And they haven't been able to do that. And I, they had a chance to do it with Mayock and Gruden, but they they fouled that up because a lot of their early round picks were duds. We, we kept hearing while Gruden and Mayock were building this Raider team that the 2018 draft, the 2019 draft when Mayock joined in, the 2020 draft, the 2021 draft, these are going to be the drafts that are going to be part of the Raiders' foundation of their future. Yes. And and what happened? It They fouled up on the picks. A lot of the picks didn't pan out. Guys are not even on football teams. Some of their first-round picks are not even on teams now. One yeah. was an unfortunate situation that we couldn't foresee. But, I mean, look at Damon Arnett, you know, yeah. his it's Instagram him. tirade. Look at Alex Leatherwood. It's just when you foul up on picks like that, you hurt your foundation. And the Raiders have to draft a lot better. And that's why they are where they're at right now. That's why they don't have a defense. Look how many picks they missed on. I mean, their drafts, again, and I won't go too much on the side, their drafts uh, are as bad as Madonna's facelift. I mean, it's just bad. It's bad stuff. Like, you you, you want to look away. You want you, you just want to look away. It's You're terrible. in trouble with this episode, Scott. Ah, what? It's Madonna. She's 64 years old. She's a beautiful woman. I don't know why she ruined herself. But anyway, that's beside the point. So... So you have that. And again, too, I think that the other thing is, and I've seen, I've seen a lot of fans that are, that are that balance, like, cause Raider nation has got some really wicked smart people. And I had mm -hmm. some fans tweet at me and say, Hey, listen, we can still get Rogers and go get a CJ Stroud or somebody like that. While technically that's true. How do you do that when you have to give up your first one? And I know people keep arguing with me that the Packers aren't going to require a first round pick. I had people telling me that Pete Doherty doesn't know what he's talking about. And I'm like, okay, the guy covers the team. He talked to four GMs I mean, or executives in the league scouts. And you're telling me he doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay. You can believe what you want to believe, but Aaron Rodgers, right now, I'm telling you, it's going to be Derek Carr. gets a third round pick as compensation. If that's what is indeed happening with the saints, you don't think Aaron Rodgers, an MVP is going to require a first round pick. He's gonna. And so to me, I get the veteran and a rookie thing, and they could still do that. But the veteran is not going to be Aaron Rodgers and a high draft pick quarterback. The veteran is going to be one of those other guys, Stidham, right? Because he's technically a veteran or a Garoppolo or somebody else like that. And a CJ Stroud or a Bryce Young, whoever they decide on. Um, and that's the, that's the kind of thing you have to do. You still, to the point is, I don't argue with me that you have to have a good defense to win in the NFL. Yes, you do. But you also have to have a good quarterback. 
you have to have a quarterback that can run the offense efficiently and it, it, it has to be a balance and i think right. i think fans will say will push back and say well the chances of you going to the playoffs with a rookie quarterback are slim to none but what i will say is that what is the alternative giving up a first rounder and another pick for aaron Rodgers, and then now you're hampered how much you can spend because of his contract and hampered how much you can bring in how many guys on rookie deals that you can bring in to help that defense because you got to give up the draft capital to get Aaron Rodgers. To me, right. it you're if you're getting Aaron Rodgers, you're going all in on 2023 and saying we'll worry about the rest later. Right. And I and I like I said from Josh McDaniel's perspective, because he hasn't won a lot as a head coach in the NFL, I would understand that way of thinking. But as I just said, head coaches think in the short term. GM's thinking the long term. So I, I would think that Dave Ziegler was will pull back and say, look, I understand Aaron Rodgers would be great for us in 2023, but do we really want to hamper ourselves down the line where, okay, let's say we win 10, 11 games in 2023, and then we go back to, you know, a six-win season, and then we're fired, you know, because we have two <laughs> losing seasons and one playoff season. Is that really what we want? And I think that those are the things you have to weigh if you're uh, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. Well, and, and even then, you, so next year you get Aaron Rodgers. Let's say you go ten and seven, you sneak in the playoffs or the wild card playoff, whatever. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers goes on his dark retreat next year and says, "I'm done." And you don't have. You might have gotten a rookie quarterback late in the draft, but they might not be the the guy. They're not going to be your franchise quarterback. They're a developmental opportunity. Uh, you don't know. They're a Gardner Minshew type guy. You know what I mean? Who's who might be good. Um, but then you're back. Basically, you're back where you are this year, but it's a year or two down the road. And so to me, that's why, uh, that's why I think you got to, if, 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 if they love one of these guys, you got to go for it. And that's what Orlovsky said on the SPN on Wednesday. And I agree with him. It's what I said in my piece and, and people arguing about, well, you, the, the draft is a gamble. Yeah. The draft's a gamble every year. So mm -hmm. it's a stupid argument because, well, you don't know if they're going to, yeah, you don't know. Guess what? You don't know if you're going to wake up tomorrow, pal. So, we all don't. We all don't know what's going to happen, but you have to decide what is the prudent action. You're not going to be in the top eight in the draft every single year. You just don't. You don't get there. You don't want to be. You don't no, want to be, definitely. But one really quick, there's one nugget I want to mention with this Aaron Rodgers situation. I think I should have mentioned this at the beginning. And I want mm -hmm. fans to listen closely to me on this because this is important. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN said the teams that are interested in Aaron Rodgers would want a two-year commitment. And it's for the reason we just spoke about is that he's a year-to-year -year guy at this point in his career, 39 years old, where he's contemplating whether he's going to continue his career or not in the offseason. So teams aren't going to be willing to give up, again, premium draft capital if they're only going to get one year of Aaron Rodgers. They want at least two years of Aaron Rodgers so that you can prepare yourself just in case he does walk away. You got an extra year on the back end of his deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, see, these are the things you have to think about. So <clears throat> we'll continue to have spirited discussions with you online. We'll have them in the chat right off uh, this side to the column in YouTube. And then uh, you can also send us, by the way, uh, in the next segment, we're going to take a break. Now we do our weekly mailbag segment during the season. We do a whole mailbag show, but during the off season, we do the final segment of our, of our uh, late week show to do that. So, so make sure you mail us, you can mail us at mail at 
silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. We'll get to your questions, your comments, your insults, your love notes to Mo. We get to them all. We get to them all. So make sure you send them. And that's what we're going to be doing next here on the show. To our audience in Las Vegas at 98.5 The Fan and 1140 AM. The Bet, thanks for being with us. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back after these special words. Welcome back. It is time for the final segment of this show. And that show is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast heard wherever you get your podcast. So make sure you subscribe. We certainly appreciate you being with us. If you're listening to us over the air in Las Vegas, Nevada, home to your Las Vegas Raiders, thanks for being with us on 98.5 The Fan and 1140 The Bet. Appreciate that, where this show actually all started many moons ago. So we appreciate you being with us. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the notifications bell. The gentleman to my left or your right on the screen as you're watching is Mr. Mo Moten. He is a national NFL writer for Bleacher Report, also Raiders columnist up on sportsnot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You can follow me at L-V Gully. The show is SNB Today. Okay, Mo, you ready for some questions? I think so, depending on what the questions. Yes. Involve. So we're gonna and, and we've we've evolved we've evolved the questions a little bit, guys, because we're because some of you, and I'm assuming you're all under 30, <laughs> you don't even want to send email anymore, which is totally cool. I don't care how you get the questions to us. But um we have people who are tweeting us questions. And I know Mo, you've had these, you've brought a couple of them over the last several weeks uh, as we get them. So I'm trying to find as I scroll through Twitter because I'm I'm not exactly prepared as I thought I wanted to be for this one. So we'll, we'll get to it. But Mo, we had a gentleman who responded about the show. Um, he was very complimentary of the show, but he wanted to know why when they're watching the video, he was watching the video and the video we published up on Twitter uh, with Pete Doherty, um, asking why I have this set with a brick wall and this Raider sign behind me, and he felt like maybe you were in an undisclosed underground bunker. And this is because... Go ahead. <laughs> no. I have an explanation. I, I, I'm, no, no. And, and, and you're in a room. Like I, I don't, it doesn't look to me like you're in a bunker or anything like that. I know, I know you have your, you have to have, you have a high level of security because of the Midtown Mo thing. But, but I do know that it's just interesting to me what people notice, like about backgrounds on the video because we're there. And, and again, I'm not criticizing the comment because I think it was done in a nice way. It wasn't meant to be an insult or anything. I reminded him that you live in New York City and it's really expensive. So it's not like you're going to have a 4,500 square foot house or something <laughs> in Manhattan, right? So, so, uh, but that's what he wanted to know was why, why you, you have a white wall and I have a brick wall, I guess. Although my bricks are fake, by the way. I know people know this, but I'm just pointing it out. So, Story time with Mo really quick. Back in my heyday when I first started and the Raiders weren't, you know, weren't very good, I started off being very critical of the team. This is back in 2014. This is Derek Carr's rookie year. So I started covering the Raiders professionally when Derek Carr was drafted. And I was very critical of the Raiders back then. And to this day, there are people out there who don't care for my tweets very much or no. my Raiders analysis. And so I have to have a very generic background so that people cannot decipher where I am at any given time <laughs> because there are people out there 
who are still looking for me. And I oh. tweets I send out sometimes still agitate and trigger people. So I have to be very careful about how I move out in the street, how I move on camera, because, you know, again, there are, there are snipers out there. There are trained <laughs> people out there who have special sets of skills. Yes. And I'm trying to deliver this show with Scott, and I'm trying to be here and be present for you all. So for that reason, I have to be in a very, very discreet area when I do these shows. Yes. So, so the fact that he's underground and that there's like 18, <laughs> 18 feet of concrete between him and the surface, that's, that's for safety. And so people have to understand, not only that too, but because of Mo's former profession, of course, which was in clandestine operations with the Central Intelligence Agency, he's also got to, he's got, he's just got to be careful, yeah, just, right? Because, because, you know, Putin's not very happy with Mo right now. So he's got to be careful. Mo Moen isn't even my real name. That's right. That's just my, that's just my performance name. So if you, right. if you know my real name out there, don't tell the people what my real name is. Funny story about your name. Here's an aside before we get to the next uh, the next message. So I have a good friend. His name is Jeremy Pepper. He's out in Los Angeles, a PR guy, a great guy, good friend of the family. And um, he one day, and this happened a long time ago, and I forgot to tell you, but he's like, hey, he's like, your host. He's like, your host is really, your host is really good. I said, yeah, we should read his writing. It's good. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm a Detroit guy. I just care about the Lions. And I said, well, I'm sorry. But then, um, I, and he's like, he's like, but his, is his name really Mo? And I said, well, his real name is Maurice, but he goes by Mo. And he's like, does he know he spells it the Jewish way? <laughs> M-O-E. Yes. Really? And I was like, what do you mean the Jewish way? He's like, well, yeah, anytime you meet a Jewish guy whose, whose name is Mo, it's not M-O, it's M-O-E. And I said, really? Uh, and I said, well, uh, I'll ask him if he eats kosher. I don't know. Maybe he eats avocados, so maybe. I will say the area that I'm in that will remain undisclosed <laughs> has a high population of Hasidic Jewish people. Ah, okay. It does. See, there you go. It really does. It could be Long Island. I mean, it could be anywhere. It could be anywhere. Yeah. It could be anywhere. But, I, hey, I miss going to New York for um, deli because, de oh, man, some sandwiches. Mm. Dive right in. All right, so there you go. So Mo Mo is under protection uh, in the <laughs> witness, witness, protection. witness protection program, uh, and that's why that's why his wall is white. But that's okay. Okay, so there I, you go. I am the, I am the Hank Hill of Raider podcasting and <laughs> content creation. <laughs> Hank Hill. Hey Bobby, that guy Henry is that what you said? Oh Henry Hill. Hill. Oh, I thought Henry you meant Hill. Hank Hill Sorry. from the ad. I was Henry like, Hill. But, Sorry okay. about that. You had me yep. worried about that. He's getting into animation. I was like, what are you doing, Mo? Okay, so enough. People are like, why are you guys wandering over the hell place? Because we're having fun. It's the off season. Relax. All right. Let me pull. I, and now, of course, I shut my mail program down. Now I can't get to the mail program. So I'm going to get this fired up here. Where did it go? Oh, there it is. Okay. Uh, no, I didn't. There he goes. By the way, we as we are recording the show, uh, Twitter is having all sorts of issues. So I'm trying to get to Okay. Here we go. This is from Tier Tier Raiders twenty two on Twitter, who says, uh, "I have a question from the mailbag. Is there a chance, in order to get a deal done with the Raiders, that they would pay for some of Carr's two thousand twenty three salary, like the Browns did with Baker Mayfield, uh, and let's say eight to ten million dollars?" He just threw that number out there again. That's from Tier Raiders twenty two on Twitter. Mo, what do you think? There, teams when they have these trade deals, you. To answer this question, yes. There are there are situations where a team trading a player away will pay a portion of the contract 
or you know whatever whatever portion that they agreed to with the team acquiring that player. So he brought up Baker Mayfield. That was one of the situations where the Browns paid part of his contract and the Panthers played a lesser portion of it. Now that now Baker Mayfield had you know there was less money on the table. Carr's contract was a lot bigger than Baker Mayfield's co- contract was, but that's just one example as the emailer pointed out. But there this in this situation as ESPN's Jeremy Fowler pointed out, Carr isn't willing to re- rework his deal, right? Mm-hmm. So basically he wants to keep his current contract because it's a pretty good deal with 40.4 million due in the next 2 years. If the Raiders if it comes down to it where the Saints say okay, we want Carr. We'll give you this amount of draft capital for him. Let's let's say a third round pick, but you have to eat some of that contract. I think the Raiders would agree to something like that because it beats having to cut him and get nothing for him. So at this exactly. point, I think the Raiders are in a situation where they yes, they would probably eat some of Derek Carr's contract if that's brought up. Now I'm not saying it. It's definitely going to happen if he's traded. But if that's brought up in conversation with the Saints or any other team, the Jets or whoever, and they say, hey, we'll we'll agree to this trade, and Derek Carr waives his con- no tra- contract, uh, his no trade clause, and they say, but you have to eat a portion of this contract, I think Dave Zicker would say, sure, because, again, we don't want to let Derek Carr go and be left empty-handed without any draft capital coming in. Right, especially if they're going young quarterback route, okay? Because then you can say, okay, we already have to pay Derek Carr five against the cap. If we have to absorb another five or eight million against the cap, it's not going to kill us because we're going with a rookie quarterback. Uh, that just it lim- they have a, they have a lot of cap room. Okay, so that's good. And and what it does is they just then have to count on nailing their draft picks. So that means they can sign. Maybe it pre- preempts them from signing or, or prevents them, I should say, from signing an additional free agent or a free agent at a different level. That's what that money would do, but certainly workable. And to your point, if they're getting a third round pick, Mo, let's just say that's what happens. A third round pick for $8 million. Yeah, you got to pay that out, but you're going to save the money too uh, by getting a good rookie in the third round, which you can get plenty, plenty of talent in that round. So a good question there by Tier Raiders 22 on Twitter. So thank you for that. Actually, I'm I'm very familiar with Tier Raiders 22. He he actually said, he actually also asked the question of what's the probability of of a car trade happening now. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have fun with this because we all know that you throw out a percentage. These things are arbitrary. I think McAfee said there was a 75% chance that the Raiders are cut car. (laughs) And people were saying 15% chance cars trade. I think that was Mike Garoppolo for NFL Network. I'll say at this point, because of the visit with the Saints, I'll go, it's a 55% chance that car is traded. Simply because, again, mm-hmm. I think that in the coming days, we're recording this on, well, this is actually going to come out on Thursday. But yeah. I actually think in the coming days, the Jets are going to step up and another team in the NFC South, another team in the NFC could step up and, and schedule a meeting with Carr. And there's going to, not a bidding war, not an intense bidding war, but I believe there are going to be two teams that are going to say, we're willing to trade for Carr. And the Raiders pull the trigger on one of those deals. That may be wishful thinking, but I'll say 55% cars traded. Well, I do know that 100% chance that we all don't know for sure. Uh, but but I will say, well, I will say, though, you're right, though, because we haven't heard anything about Tampa. Like, what is Tampa doing? We don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. They ha- they've got to get a veteran guy, right? So we don't know. So Tampa might be waiting, especially with the New Orleans uh, being in the division. They might be waiting and just saying, okay, we'll see what they're going to do. Then we're going to get on the horn and we're going to we're going to talk to Derek Carr too, uh, because he would be in their division. And if he's in their division and they got no quarterback, 
that's not good for them. So we'll see how it all works out. But uh, 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 Tier Raiders 22, we appreciate the question. All right, moving on to the next question. Uh, <clears throat> here we go. It says, Scott, this is addressed at me. Um, you are a handsome gentleman. No, just kidding. Uh, it says, Scott, why are you so enamored with C.J. Stroud? When When is the last time a good quarterback uh, from Ohio State made it in the NFL long term? Uh, I disagree with your statement, and I don't think he is the player for the Raiders. That is Lee in Fremont, California. So, Lee, pull up a chair. Here's the thing, and Mo and I have said this over the last couple weeks. You don't recruit the helmet you recruit, or you don't evaluate the helmet, you evaluate the player. If you look at the history of Ohio State, the offenses they've run, you can see why their quarterbacks have not done well in the NFL. If you look at what's happened over the last couple years, Justin Fields. Yes, Justin Fields is not a superstar in the NFL. He was on a very bad team, and he improved greatly last year um, in, in amongst some injury. And so he is a, a, gr a great opportunity. He has a great opportunity to improve into a long-term starting quarterback in the NFL. C.J. Stroud, if you take away your bias, and listen, I hate Ohio State. I'm a Notre Dame fan. I don't like Ohio State. But I'm looking at the player, <laughs> and I'm looking at his skill set. I'm looking at how he operates and what he would do in a Josh McDaniels offense, what Josh McDaniels does in his offense. I invite you, our good friend, uh, T.J. O'Sullivan over at the quarterback school, just did a film breakdown of him and Bryce Young. I would go watch both of those, and you can learn. We all make statements based on beliefs we have, prior history, all that kind of stuff. But what I would invite people, and I'm not fighting with people on this anymore. I'm just saying, go watch. Well, he can't handle pressure. Well, most quarterbacks that come out of college are not very good against pressure <laughs> at all. It just happens. That's the way it is. So go look at that, but, but educate yourselves and look at him. You can disagree with me, but what I invite you to do is go look at C.J. Stroud's game, what he does well, the throws he does make. Is he perfect? No. Does he have an elite arm? No. He has a very good arm very live arm, but he is a guy, I believe, I'm not telling you you have to agree with me, I believe that is the guy for the Raiders system that would fit best, and they could either get at seven or move up maybe to three to get. I don't. I think Bryce Young's going to go first. I think somebody's going to trade with, with Chicago or he'll go at number two. So, so either way, to me, those are the two best guys in the draft, and I think the only guy that will be there for the Raiders will be C.J. Stroud. So, Mo, this is where these myths, again, continue to per produce – the thought, and I understand it. You grow up and you're 10 years old and your dad says something and then it sticks with you for the rest of your life. But USC has not had very many good quarterbacks stick in the NFL recently. Wyoming hasn't. Josh Allen's pretty good. Uh, Texas Tech hasn't. Patrick Mahomes is pretty good. There's all sorts of examples of guys who've done it coming out of programs as the game has evolved. My counter to Lee's email, and thanks, Lee, for that email, yeah, but I would great. ask Lee if you're listening what what is the alternative is it bryce young because alabama quarterbacks for a while have had the same you know things said about them alabama quarterbacks are good at alabama because they have all of that talent and we get to nfl they're not nearly as good because mm -hmm. if you want bryce young that's alabama do you want anthony richardson out of florida show me the florida quarterbacks who are killing it right now in the <laughs> nfl right do you want will levis show me the kentucky quarterbacks in the nfl right now that are killing it so my point being is 
yes, you cannot you cannot just go by scouting the school and say, okay, no quarterbacks or very few quarterbacks from this school succeed on the NFL level. You have to watch the film, you have to watch the tape and evaluate the player. You cannot ding uh, C.J. Stroud for what Cardell Jones was in the NFL or wasn't, or or Justin Fields what he is or isn't in the, in the NFL. Or any other player that comes out of Ohio State, what they were in the NFL. You have to look at the specific specific player. Does he fit what Josh McDaniels needs in his offense? And look at his skill set. Can he right. can he be successful on the NFL level with the skill set that he has? Again, it has nothing to do with the players that came before him because if you look at the NFL landscape right now, the top QBs, there is no consensus on the powerhouse school that's producing a bunch of pro-level quarterbacks. Right. Right. Yeah. There's no quarterback factory anymore. Like the, you used to see that. I mean, USC used to produce a ton of quarterbacks, even UCLA back in the day. Right. So so it, the game has changed the way recruiting has done. The NIL stuff has changed college sports overall. You know, a guy's not going to go to some of these schools anymore because he can go get five million dollars to play at Ohio State or go wherever he can. So so to me, that's it. But also, if you just watch, I'm not talking about Saturday's highlight reel. Also, there's these other false narratives, and, and you talked about Alabama having all that talent. There's no question. But with a quarterback and with Ohio State and C.J. Stroud, Mo, people come at me and say, well, he had the best receiver in the country, Marvin Harrison. Yes, but the ball doesn't get itself there. It has to be thrown okay. to the receiver. Now, the receiver gets open, and you say, oh, well, then, then are easier throws. But if you watch the film, watch 50-50 balls thrown to Harrison, watch balls thrown to Harrison that are only where he can catch them in the end zone. That's what you have to look for. So I, I know a lot of people don't have a ton of time. You're not going to go watch hours and hours of video, but I'm, I, if you invest maybe 30 minutes and go watch some of these scouts and some of these breakdown guys who really do good film work, you will see what I see having watched them all season long. And we're going to have guys, again, I'm going to re reiterate this for people listening to the show. We're going to have guys on here that are going to talk about a lot of these prospects. So if yes. you don't take our word for it, because, you know, we're not we're not film junkies, per se. We'll have knowledgeable people on that. will shed some light on a lot of these prospects and give their insight. And some of them may agree with us and some of them may disagree. So we'll we'll find out. But again, I would I would implore people before you say this guy is not going to pan out. If you're going to make a strong <laughs> statement like that. Make sure you've watched enough tape of that player before you make a strong statement like that. Yeah, and 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 some of the the hyperbole, you know, oh, he he, C.J. Stroud's another J.P. Lossman. I'm like, are you kidding? I know he was a first rounder, but come on, let's 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 be real. Watch the two. It's not even close. So <laughs> let's just keep it real. So anyway, but that, uh, but Lee, we appreciate the question. I'm not picking you on that stuff. You were just asking the question, huh. and you're totally entitled to your opinion. You don't like C.J. Stroud? I'm okay with that. Uh, but the Ohio State thing just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, and we'll see other programs produce quarterbacks as well uh, that are surprising as well. Oklahoma's put a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, and they didn't last, right? So so you go you go back to some of the biggest busts over the last 15 years have come out of Oklahoma at quarterbacks. See, my my thing is, if you look at the, the uh, not the Philadelphia Eagles, if you look at the 49ers, right? They drafted, mm -hmm. they moved up to draft Trey Lance, right? Yep. North Dakota State. Did they were they afraid to draft him because of what happened with Carson Wentz, you know, <laughs> and how he flamed out? So like you have to understand that again, what a play, what a prospect did 
from the same program years before has nothing to do with the incoming class of rookies. <laughs> you you cannot connect the two. That would be that would be like saying, well, because Mo's cousin or dad wasn't good at writing, Mo is not going to be a good writer. You know, same family tree comes from the same upbringing, whatever. You can't translate one person's skill set to another person. You you just have to again. You have to evaluate the specific person or player in this case. You just can't slap a label on a school and say this school doesn't produce good quarterbacks. This school doesn't produce good running backs. This school doesn't produce good wide receivers. Dig into the film and and have an opinion for yourself. Because I'm not saying Lee did this, but what a lot of people fall into the trap of, they see a take on social media or they'll see a, a person that they follow have a certain take and they'll take that take verbatim and adopt it as their own without even doing their own research. Again, I'm not saying Lee did this, but I see a lot of this on Twitter and I, I'll use Will Levis as an example. There, Before we even ended the 2022 season, there was an idea that Will Levis is not going to work on an NFL level, didn't have a great season. You know, There were a lot of criticisms about his mechanics and I see a lot of people still are criticizing him for the same thing. But now you're, I'm starting to see more people say, well, if you give Will Levis a better supporting cast because he, he didn't have a, a, a really – he didn't have a quality supporting cast at Kentucky this past season, he can succeed. So there, there's the counter argument to it. But what I, my point is that you're going to have both sides of the argument, and you have to right. weigh both sides for yourself based on your own opinion. Don't look for the, the popular draft person on Twitter – and, to, and adopt their opinion because they're not always right either. No, they're they're not. And 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 I had you know people tell me with Orlovsky basically saying what I said in my piece. Well, well, he's he's a failed quarterback. What does he know? He's on TV analyzing football. I, I unknown dude on Twitter. I mean, I don't I don't know what to say. I'm not trying to make fun of you, but Dan Orlovsky knows more about the quarterback position than I do. Uh, so, and, and even his comments about Devontae Adams saying that he wanted to play with the young quarterback, people were saying, oh, unless I see it on video, I don't believe it. I'm like, okay, you want to call the guy a liar? That's your prerogative. But with the quarterbacks, you know, again, judge them on their talent individually because there's great programs out there. And if you start to go down and say, oh, well, this school consistently puts out great quarterbacks, there are none right now. Here's here's the other thing about criticizing Dan Orlovsky, and I'm and I'm not saying I'm I'm I love Dan Orlovsky. I mean Dan Orlovsky does a great job on ESPN, yeah. but some of the guys that aren't necessarily great football players in, in their career days turn out to be pretty good head coaches and GMs. You see it yeah. all the time where a player is a mediocre or average or below average player in, in, during his career days, but then he becomes a head coach. He becomes a scout. He becomes a GM, and he's good at his job. Just because you weren't good at playing the game doesn't mean you're not good at evaluating the game. You could still be a great evaluator and just not have the physical talent to succeed for whatever reason. That's correct. I mean, and it goes in every every profession, Mo. Like, it's the same kind of people who say, you can't talk about it because you didn't play the sport. Well, I've never, I could be a political writer at the Washington Post, and I've never been president, but I write about the president. Like, you know, those kind of nonsensical arguments. It's look, you can just simply say, I don't agree with their opinion. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's all you got to say. Like, I don't agree with them. And I, I don't, I don't know if you want to call him a liar on the Devonte Adams thing, go ahead. But um, I think just educate yourself to, to Mo's point. I think this is what your point was, Mo, which is just look a little deeper and then formulate your opinion. Doesn't mean you're going to change your mind, 
and you don't have to listen to us. You don't have to agree with us, but just take the time to look out there, read six different pieces, draft profiles of a player and find out what the consensus is. And you might gravitate towards one or the other. So there you go. That's good. But, but a good question, Lee, I appreciate it. Uh, and it allowed me to get on my soapbox and address one of my pet peeves. So it works, it works for me. Because I'm actually, I'm actually on the CJ Stroud train too. I think I tweeted yes. recently that I, I, I would prefer a CJ Stroud Jared Stidham combination. You have those two battle it out for the starting job in, in training camp. And I yeah. know Jared Stidham is not gonna make anyone excited, but I think it's it's a decent it's decent competition for a rookie because Jared Stidham knows the system. So if your rookie is able to beat out a guy who has four years in the system, it's a positive sign. <laughs> yeah, it would be. That'd be incredible. Uh, but I also want to bring this up too, because a lot of people when when I wrote the piece and have been conversing with people over the last several days about it online, they a lot of them say the same thing, and, and it's a good point, but I want to address it, which is Josh McDaniel's on the hot seat. You and I have said it on the show, have we not, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I get that, but I think it was probably three or four weeks ago, right towards the end of the season, Mo, you said that if they decide to go the rookie rookie quarterback route, even a Stidham rookie, back, rookie quarterback route, that you would assume that Mark Davis and Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler have had the conversation that, guess what? Okay, last year was unacceptable, but now we're going this route. We're going to build for the long term, so you're going to get a little grace period here. You're going to get a grace period. I'm going to give you a year to evaluate this young quarterback to see if Jared Stidham can do it, can do the job, and then the expect so the expectations come down this year, but next year they're going right back up. Basically a slow rebuild. Because Correct. just like fans understand there's a slimmer chance of going to the playoffs with a rookie quarterback, Mark Davis understands that, and guys, the smart football guys understand that as well because your rookie quarterback is going to take some lumps. He's going to have to learn on the job. Mm-hmm. So I think going with a rookie quarterback route, you understand that you got to give your head coach some leeway because he has a, he has a first-year player who's learning at the most important position. And you're basically saying, okay, we're building this slowly. Now, Aaron Rodgers' move would put Josh McDaniels in a tough spot because in that in that situation, he would have to win. You have Aaron Rodgers, you have a four-time league MVP, no excuses. You got to win a lot of games now. And I think Josh McDaniels, not to say that he would prefer one or the other, but if he's going to rookie route, he understands that he's going to get a longer leash with a rookie quarterback than he would have with the Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and no, no question. So I think that's, again, it goes back to our earlier discussion about people with a the, this mindset of it has to be A or B. No, it can be A and B. So you can get a young quarterback and the coach can get a reprieve on the expectations because they have to develop that quarterback. So uh, I, I think that's what people need to do. I think people are excited. They want to know what's going to happen. So I understand the anticipation and the desire to have some closure with Derek Carr, but also to have an idea of where the team's going. The reality is, barring them going after Aaron Rodgers and signing him early and it leaking out, we were not, we're not going to know until draft day, <laughs> or at least right before, what the Raiders plan to do or what we're hearing they're going to do. But as you said last show, Mo, this organization will be dead quiet like the Patriots are. They That's one part of the Patriot way that they have definitely brought with them. Stuff breaking does not come from Las Vegas. It comes from national writers because they've decided to tell those writers uh, in the case of Ian Rappaport and those guys with the NFL Network because uh, it's they just have a tight ship. Look at what happened with the Saints just recently. No one was talking about, I mean, 
just full disclosure, I went on the Bleach Report live show and I said the Saints will be a good landing spot for Derek Carr. I actually said this on January 9th. You can look this up. I remember. But there was there wasn't much there wasn't much buzz about the Saints and Derek Carr from league circles and reporters until recently it popped up up oh, Derek Carr's got a meeting with the Saints coming up it just came up out of nowhere over the past what 24 hours yeah but i think what happened was when you when the team went to uh mobile to look at you know senior bowl and everything discussions happened and you you probably met with someone in Saints brass and they said okay they probably discussed loosely what the trade parameters would be and they said okay you know Derek Carr is willing to come down here we'll take a look at him we'll talk to him and if we come to a deal, then this is what it could look like. So I think they kept that under wraps because, again, it didn't come up until over the last, what, 24 or 48 hours. So I don't want to say you always have to expect the unexpected, but <laughs> that's been the theme with the Dave Ziegler-Josh McDaniels tandem is that certain things have happened and you don't see it coming. There's not right. much buzz about it until the day of or the day before something goes down. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Of course, the Super Bowl is Sunday. We're not talking a lot about it here. You're getting plenty of coverage yeah. in, in everything from mom podcasts, because the podcast row, which I will do everything in my power to get Mo to Las Vegas next year for podcast row. We're going to we're going to try it. I'm giving you a year's notice, Mo. We're going to get the Odyssey folks to get us the spot. It's in Las Vegas. We got to be there, right? And all those people that wanted to meet Mo, even though he has a 14-person security entourage, you can get at least close enough to wave at him. You might not be able to touch him. <laughs> you can get one of those selfies where you're like this and the people are like 50 yards behind you. It, you know, we'll figure it out. But anyway, but we're not going to talk a lot about the Super Bowl. We'll talk a little bit about it next week. And the result, Eagles are going to win. Uh, but other than that, um, we're going to skip that one because we wanted to get to as much Raiders talk today as well. And we won't be back until next Tuesday. Of course, we're down to two times a week and with breaking news. So if tomorrow or later today, Derek Carr gets traded, Mo and I will hop on. Mo might be um, on a contract hit at the time. He might be, I know, I'm just trying to riff with the with the theme we had tonight. No, he might be in Midtown in his limo, or I might be uh, at my office, wherever we're going to be. We'll get together, even if it's a lo-fi version of the podcast, but we will get to any kind of breaking news that pops up, especially if it's around the Derek Carr situation. Uh, Mo, make sure you feed those guys that are protecting you there in the bunker. And um, I will talk to you on Tuesday, my friend. You guys and gals have to continue to watch the show because I need to pay my security. If I don't pay my security, my 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 life yes. is in danger if I don't. So please support the podcast so I can feed the people that protect me. It's that East Coast, West Coast rivalry. It just moved from hip-hop to podcasting. So Mo's got to be careful. He's got some folks out on the West Coast. <laughs> that Mo guy, hate, I hate his tweets. Hate his tweets. I hate his tweets. He's so mean. He I know people, people think I, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of glad I changed my Twitter picture because people said my old <laughs> picture made it seem like I was some mean, hefty dude. And I'm just, I'm not a mean guy. I just, one, I have a low tolerance for like BS. That's one thing. Yeah. Very low tolerance for it. That's why I said my two Twitter response policy is still intact, but <laughs> not a mean guy. I'm very approachable. If you see me on the street, wave, say that, hi. Hey, Mo, I'll know who you are. That's like my 10 minute doctor's office policy. Did I ever tell you about that? Absolutely not. I'd like to hear it though. So you go to the doctor, right? And what happens when you go to the doctor? So you have an appointment at 1030 in the morning. What happens? 
When's the doctor? Waiting. You wait for forever, right? Sometimes it's forever. Sometimes it's quick. Sometimes. So what I do is I go to the doctor. My appointment's for 1030. I sit there at 1030. It's 1040. I go to the receptionist and I say, hey, listen, I had an appointment for 1030. Oh, yeah, they're backed up. And I said, okay, well, my time's just as valuable as yours. So I, I'm going to give you 10 more minutes. And if the doctor's not ready, I'm leaving. Well, we'll have to charge you for No, you won't charge me for the appointment because my time is valuable too. So don't waste my time. Scott's going to say, let me speak to your manager. Let me get off my lawn. Let me speak to your manager. <laughs> no, that's, that's, no, that's David Carr. Come on. <laughs> As Adrian said, what did he call it? Adrian Hernandez, our buddy from 1140, the bet in Las Vegas. He called it um, angry manager vibes, right? Or get yeah. me the manager, get me the manager vibes. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Shout, shout out to Adrian on that. You, one. you were throwing shots all day today, Scott. You were, you were really... Scott, no. you get in trouble. I can't defend you. These people that you throw shots at, they come after you. I Madonna didn't throw comes shots at you. Well, Ma oh, Madonna. Yeah, Madonna and that whole Satanist crowd might come after me. But other than that, I'm fine. I don't know what's going on with that. Did you see the Grammys? Like, what's going on? Scott, Craziness. I, I, I only have enough to pay for my security. I can't pay for my security <laughs> and your extra security, too. Scott. Yeah, I got I got the family there. That's okay. I got a security. It's just inside my, my waistband, so don't worry about it. <laughs> My gack. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> now we've devolved. I hope you're enjoying it. No, you're laughing. Gosh, this show is gone you know, rails. somebody's listening to this on the train to work and they're cracking up and people are looking, what's wrong with that guy? What's wrong with that guy? Oh, boy. Anyway. All right, my friend. I will talk to you on Tuesday. All right. Sounds good. All right. Uh, make sure you follow Mo on Twitter. Don't forget. M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. Read his stuff up on Bleacher Report. Mo, I got to bring you back in here. When, when, did you already have your live, your, your Bleacher Report live? Was that on Wednesday or Thursday or it's today? It's Friday. actually next Friday on the 17th. Next. I'll have a Raiders live stream talking all things in the off season. That's, so that's right. Free agent, free agent targets and draft prospects. Yes. How did I forget the plug? Jeez. I got it. Got it covered. All right. We got it. Okay. So yeah, you can check out Mo uh, next Friday as well as next Tuesday and Thursday. So you can get three doses of Midtown Mo. So we appreciate that as well. Do us a favor. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we would appreciate that. Also, if you're up on iTunes, especially give us a five-star rating, put in there how great we are and how much you'd like to invite us to dinner. You know, whatever it is, just, just be nice. Uh, and one-star reviews need not apply. So we appreciate that as well. For our producer, David Stepanian, David Stepanian, excuse me, David, for butchering your name there. And for Mo Moten, I am Scott Colbranson. This has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Take care, everybody.